Hello and welcome to another episode of Sam Green Race Engineering. I'm Sean Smith and I'm joined by the man himself, Sam Green. How's it going, mate? How are we doing? All right? Yeah, very good. No, no, I almost woke up on time. Things are good. <laughs> uh, is. Right, Sam, we got a, uh, a special one today because we actually got our topic sort of decided for us by someone else. Yes, so um, George Watson, one of our listeners, has asked us a question, Sean. What's the question? What is what is the best racing series? And um, that's quite vague. It is very vague. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about that. It was so vague that I made I made out. a terrible joke before we uh, started this that the best series is Suits, but you know, it's not that funny. Yes. Anyway, no, um, it's not funny. <laughs> right, the best racing series. Now we we've had a little discussion about this. Um, we sort of broken it down because. There isn't one best racing series. It can be a best thing for a driver. It can be a best thing for a fan. It can be the best thing for lots of reasons, lots of people. Um, so uh, today we're just going to sort of discuss a lot of them and maybe try and come to a, a general consensus. So uh, here we go, Sam. Yeah. Let, let's let's uh, let's let's start with something. So shall we start with the fans' point of view? Yes, let's do that. And then we'll move on to drivers and teams afterwards. So we'll start with the fans. So I think what we're looking for from a fan's point of view is good racing, mm -hmm. obviously, on track. Yep. Access off track. Yep. Um, and not, ex not prohibitively expensive. Like F1. Like Formula One, yeah. F1 is so expensive to go and watch. And yes, it is good, but the only way to get a good view is to go in a grandstand. And then you're kind of just stuck there for the day. Yeah, getting sunburn. Getting burnt, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, maybe maybe not if you go to the British Grand Prix, but... Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of that rules Formula One out. But we'll come back to F one later because it is good for other things in our other category in other in uh, inverted commas. Yeah, for, from a driving point of view. So we'll come back to that later. So when it comes to fans, you have two choices. If you're yes. somebody who uh, isn't that bothered by one's racing, you just want the best access and spectacular side of it. Or if you're somebody who is a bit pompous and has to go to like a proper big World Series and that sort of thing, and that's where you get divergence. So let's start with the uh, the club level stuff because that can that can often be pound for pound the best option. Absolutely. So yeah, it was uh, last September, wasn't it? We went to the 750 Motor Club at Donington. We did, um, and that was absolutely brilliant. I have to say. There was so you could basically go wherever you wanted, short of being in the garages because the garages weren't really allocated to anybody. They were just access to the pit lane. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't really anything to see in the garages, to be honest. It was all in the paddock area, which was completely open and included in the price of the ticket. Mm -hmm. um, the grandstand was included. There's the only one. Yeah, the one. <laughs> the grandstand at Donison, but um, it was obviously completely free. You get how many races was there? Because we we a went lot. two days, didn't we? Yeah. And we probably saw twenty or thirty races. I don't know about thirty, but it was definitely in the high teens towards twenty. Yeah, it was a huge amount of actual physical racing of loads of different classes of car, from 
like tin top hatchbacks to F1000 and, and bike sports and radicals and there was a GT3 car in one of the races and yeah. TCRs and, and yeah. there was so much variety of stuff. Yeah, no, it was, de- it was definitely it, it, it was really good. I mean, the F1, sorry, I was going to say the best series within there is debatable. You could say if it's single-seaters, F1000, uh, the Formula Vs were very cost-effective. Uh, yeah. This, but then that we're talking about the fan point of view, not the driver from right the now. Fa- yeah, yeah, I think from the fan point of view, I my personal favourite was the F1000s, formerly former Formula Jedi. Yeah. Um, rebranded now as F1000. And for those of you who don't know what they are, they're basically a tiny little single-seater um, with wings running on slick tyres, um, and they have a 1,000cc bike engine yeah. out of um, a Suzuki or a Yamaha. a Yamaha, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they screen their nuts off, and uh, they... Yeah. 14,000 RPM. I mean, really, it's the next best... It's the next step up to a go, after a go-kart, really. Sort of huge amounts yeah, of power. Yeah, they are, yeah. It's They're me- very, very similar. It's mechanical grip rather than necessarily aerodynamic grip. Yeah, I mean, they've got wings, but they're quite small. I mean, they probably would help um, some corners of things like Silverstone and things like that, where yeah. they would be noticeably different, or or, um, or Thruxton. Yeah, it would probably be the same. I don't know. So God, imagine them around Thruxton. That'd be amazing. That would be wicked, wouldn't it? It would be so good. Um, but at Donington, they'd probably help coming down the hill, I would have thought. But that's probably about it. It's more about the mechanical grip, and they do run on quite chunky, um, slick tires. Yeah. So they have quite a lot of mechanical grip, but they still squirm around. They're quite torquey engines, so they do um, get a bit of wheel spin coming out of some of the slower corners and things like that. And it's they're they're very entertaining to watch, Definitely. and they sound really cool. It's a high revving bike engine. Yeah. No, I mean, I loved watching the F1 fans because we, 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 as another point with Donington and also the 750 Motor Club, we were like, start, like right next to the starting grid when they, uh, when they set off one of their races, and it was absolutely amazing. Like, it, like, it's just the screaming engines of what about twenty odd cars. Um, yeah, because it's a big grid as well. It yeah, a big grid. Yeah, and it was just all of them going off at once. Maybe with some jump starts, you know, that was uh, debatable. Uh, the stewards didn't seem to yeah. think so, so uh, it was all right. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, no, it was, it was great. It was, it was absolutely, it was a spectacle, especially when they came through the last chicane at Donington. That was, that was good. Yeah, absolutely. Because they just they're sort of bun- between the curves. Yeah, bunny they? hopping over it. It was, uh, it was definitely worth, worth watching. Um, but yeah, seven fifty motor club for a fan's point of view, I would say definitely more people should go and watch it because it wasn't that many people we saw, and uh, yeah, no. it was. For for what you get to see, as Sam said, in terms of like you have single seaters, you have sort of baby Le Mans cars or Can Ams. What are they called? The seven fifty Formula, is that it? Yeah, seven fifty Formula. Yeah, uh, Formula Vs, which are sort of like beetle engine cigars racing, which was cool. And, yeah, they were quite cool. Yeah. Yep, yeah, and then we had, as Sam says, sort of the quote unquote GT racing, which is basically just done up. BMW M3s and Porsches and MR2. Oh, the MR2 Championship, that was good. Yeah, that was pretty good actually, wasn't it? The MR2 Cup. Um, There's so much variation as well. That's the that's the big thing hmm. that we're sort of trying to say here is that you get a lot of bang for your buck because it was only, I think the ticket was something like forty quid for the weekend. I'm not sure it was even that much, but it was it was definitely a very low price for m- motorsport. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, but yeah, that was it, was it was great fun. And in terms of being satisfied all day watching racing, you can't you can't really do much better than what we had there. No, absolutely, I, I thoroughly recommend it. Yeah, so there you go. That's 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 our our pick for that one. That's the end of the podcast. Not really. Uh, right. Next, <laughs> next. Um, so when it comes to then the next thing, yeah. the world sort of more world championship, the sort of big official stuff as opposed to club racing. That's where we get to a bit of yeah. uh, a bit more diversity because you can never get everything from one championship. You always have something which another one doesn't. Yes, and you have things that some championships do better than others yeah. as well, from the fans' point of view. Um, so I think one that me and Sean both definitely have been to and both agree on is the World Endurance Championship. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, which is admittedly, at the moment, kind of struggling a little bit with this top class, but the GC field is still very big. Um, <clears throat> and uh, from a fan's point of view, because it's a very it's a four-hour race... Well, as at, it, at it's it, shortest, it? it's four hours. Okay, yeah. It should be six. Um, <laughs> should be six. But uh, it, it, because it's an endurance race, yep. put it that way, um, you get a lot of time as much as anything to have a wander around. Yeah, um, you can literally... and the general admission ticket is probably the best way of doing it. Yeah, no, definitely. There's because you get with the general admission ticket, you get the grandstands like you do at club level stuff. Uh, you get to go into the paddock. Yeah. You get to go pretty much into the into the garages. Not quite, but you can get pretty close. Um, you can get pretty pretty close, and um, well, it, it depends which teams are there. Because when Nissan were there years ago, you were allowed to to go in and have a look at the car and that sort of thing. But that's because they weren't racing. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but I mean, it's it is you. I when I went, uh, you were just wandering through the paddock, and then Mark Webber would walk past you, um, and and you've got all of these massive names of racing from around the world. And you're just you're there, you're in the paddock, and yeah. you haven't had to pay for that privilege. It's included in your general admission ticket. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, with the WEC, um, you know, I've I've met Giancarlo Fisichella while there, and that, that Timo Bernard, is it Timo Bernard? I think it is one of the Porsche Works drivers. Um, yeah. I've, yeah, there's loads of people who who have, you just only really know from watching TV and that sort of thing. Um, but no, it's, it's it's great fun. It depends absolutely on what year it is, because obviously when you have a more competitive top class, it makes uh, a more a more sort of entertaining series as a whole. Um, but as yeah. you say, if if you're there for say Corvette and Aston Martin, you don't really care about the LMP ones, um, <laughs> then it's uh it's not too bad. But no, it's definitely no. definitely. I mean, the price has gone up every single year, which is really annoying. Um, it's now about fifty quid for a weekend ticket, which is still good in terms of its uh competitive say pretty good yeah. compared to f1 for example but yeah it's it, it depends if you're into endurance racing if you're into just basically six hours of gts and lmps fighting for six hours um or or four um then yeah it's really really good that's what i would say however the other uh sort of major uh series that we we, we both sort of have come to mind is the world rallycross yes so it couldn't really be much more different from world endurance but also very very similar i mean it's a rather than a six hour race it's a six lap race <laughs> and the lap is around a minute so it's very very fast paced um but this is the cars are very very noisy incredibly fast and because they're rally cars 
there's a lot of sort of handbrake sliding and things like that going on as well, which obviously adds to the entertainment of watching the races. And the races um, themselves, I mean, WRX is pretty much full contact. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, because it's such a short race, you can't wait a lap to see if that guy's going to make the same mistake again. You've just got to go for it, hmm. um, which is brilliant to watch. Um, and yeah, and again, the paddocks are all open. You can just have a wander around. You can see the drivers and the cars up close. Um, and obviously, because it's a world championship, there's a certain amount of uh, sort of factory support going on as well um, from manufacturers. So you have like the big Ford stand or the big Citroen stand with simulators and stuff to do on them as mm-hmm. well. Um, and it's just really it's, it's fantastic. There's so again, there was loads of stuff, and in between the races, because um, you've got the the various support series as well. So when I was went to Silverstone with a few mates, that was um, obviously World Rallycross. The first year we went, it was Euro Rallycross as well, um, Super 1600s, and for some reason, American Rallycross. <laughs> right, um, okay. Which was pretty cool because you got people like Tanner Faust and Scott Speed and like the big American names racing as well. Oh, and some of them did the world world championship and the American championship, and they were dipping in and out of different cars, and and that was quite cool as well. Um, yeah, people like Peter Solberg and Marcus Gronholm and some like huge names of rally and rally cross. Um, Andreas Backerud, for example. Yep. Um, Marcus Ekstrom from DTM was doing it. Um, Schneider, uh, Schneider, Andreas Schneider, I think his name is. Can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, he again DTM mostly, but does this rally cross on the side for a bit of fun kind of thing. Um, and yeah, the cars are all really cool. They're very noisy. They're very very fast. Um, and the racing is short, sharp, and very much to the point. Yeah, definitely. Um, but then it also does depend on if you like rally cars, which not well, everyone, yeah. not everyone does. Is, but if it. if you like to be entertained. It's pretty much short, sharp, and to the point, and yeah, you haven't got to wait literally two minutes before it comes where a car comes around again, like it can be with WZ. Yeah, but you can also see pretty much the whole circuit from wherever you are on the track because it's a very small circuit. Well, it depends how dusty it gets. Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> well, there was a couple of years where um, if you stood on one of the corners, you would just get a, a mouthful of dust every time a car came through. Um, but I mean that's part part of it as well isn't it, it's rallying, that's kind of what it's supposed to be Yeah, Uh, we should say for anyone who's not English uh, we're talking sort of mainly from an English perspective because obviously we we don't get NASCAR and IndyCar from the States over here, or the V8 supercars for example Um, so we can't really say if they're as uh, as good in any of these categories when you're at the track as a fan Um, for for all we know they could be but um, yeah, I mean, this is this is purely from personal experience, basically, yeah. is what we're saying. Um, See, seeing, I've got as, no doubt that seeing as our, our our question person is is probably English, I imagine. He is, yeah. Well, there you go. So he's unlikely to go to go to IndyCar and NASCAR anytime soon. <laughs> right then. Um, yeah. So those are sort of our main picks from a fan's point of view. Uh, where to go now? I mean, if you if you're a driver, a team and driver, is that where we go next? 
I think that you think that's the best place to go. Yeah. Okay. So, if you are a uh, a wealthy marketing man who has money to burn <clears throat> on racing cars, what would you say, Sam? What, yes. what, what, what do you do? I I would say if you have quite literally decided overnight, I want to be a racing driver. <laughs> I genuinely, I think the best place for you to start <clears throat> is something like if not the 750 Motor Club. Yeah. Going back to that, because, because again, it's it, a lot, like we said about Formula V and F1000, it's, it's very cost-effective. Um, you're not going to be spending millions of pounds in your first season. You're unlike, I don't imagine anybody is spending anywhere near a million pounds in the 750 Motor Club. I, I would be very, um, I'd be quite sad if somebody was. Uh, yeah, so would I actually, because it's not really about that. It's about no. the, the fun of racing. It's about let me put the, a, doing it for the love of it. Let me put an alternative to you though, the uh, the British Touring Car Series and its uh, derivatives. You know, the Genetas of the world and the yeah, the to- the Toka package. Toka package. That's the one. Yeah. How do how do yeah, you think that I would agree compare? with that as well? Uh, well, again, there's a lot of different classes, isn't there? So it depends what level of racing you want to do and your kind of at um i mean they've got the the carrera cup i think is still on the toka package mm-hmm. isn't it the porsches yeah um one one mate series that's very very popular and obviously if you do well in that you can excel and go and do the, the super cup or the european championships and and all of that sort of thing as well so there's there's uh possibilities there so porsche could be a good good option for you or janetta um, you do really well janetta you get an mp1 drive yeah, yeah, I think it has to be very, very good <laughs> to do that. To be fair, I think there's felt a lot, of, but even then, I mean, on the to- just on the Toka package, um, there's there's the juniors, isn't it? Yeah, uh, juniors, which is a great little category um, for drivers aged. I think it's fourteen to seventeen. I'm not sure. It's the young people, um, anyway. But yeah, junior drivers basically. Uh, and that's a little G40 Janetta. Lovely You've got the GT5s. I don't think they're on the Toka package, are they? GT5. I can't remember. It's been a long time since I went to BTC. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the GT5s are basically a Janetta Junior with slightly different tyres and a longer final drive ratio, so they're mm. a bit faster on the straights, basically. Um, but they they're pretty good as well, and there's a lot of people who race those. And again, you can race them in different categories. So you, they're a GT5 car, so you can race it in the GT5 Cup, obviously, which is the Janetta Cup. But also, you could probably do things like Brit Car, yep. um, endurance races. You could probably get them into things like the 750 for some of their sort of multi-class racing as well. Um, so there's a lot of options at that kind of level. You go a bit higher, and you've got things like the Mini Challenge, which is new this year on the Toka package, but has been running in the UK for a long time. Yeah. Um, and they're various different classes. So they've got the JCW class, which is their sort of top class of minis, um, the fastest ones that are basically bespoke race cars. They're not really road cars. Um, then you've got the Cooper and the Cooper S classes, which are more modified road cars kind of thing rather than purpose-built race cars but they're very very quick still but what if you really 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 want where you're to become a proper pro-am sort of thing i suppose aside from the porsche super cup and uh those sort those sort of things i mean 
pro-am, probably a slightly leading statement. I think you're maybe thinking of British GT. Yep, definitely. Do, do GT4 racing. Definitely, that's that's the uh, the sort of thing the Top Gear did years and years ago. Uh, no, that was Brick Car. What did you say? Super? What did you say? British GT. Ah, with like GT4 and GT3 cars. Yeah. Okay. That's oh, that's the, that's the, that's a good point. Um, hmm. But then you've also got the GT Cup as well. You do. Uh, you also have the. Uh, was it the Lotus Cup that we saw? Uh, what was yeah, the, yeah. What was the, the, the thing that we saw at Formula Formula V's where the the Avoras just walked it? I think that was something to do with. I think it was called the Armed Forces Championship, and I think it was basically teams and drivers from the 750 Motor Club lend the car to someone to do with the forces and right. then do a race. I think, but there was there was like GC. I'm pretty sure it was GT3, wasn't it? GT4. I don't know. They were pretty. They're pretty good. They're probably GT4s, but uh, yeah, they were rapid though. They, they were. They really said, "Love the Avoras." Um, okay, here's the here's another thing. If you're a race fan, you want to get into racing, but you're not a marketing man. You're a CEO. You're a multimillionaire. You don't want to <laughs> mess around with poxy stuff. I say that if you are a CEO, a director, or anything like that, you need to go into historics. Yes, because and they are very, very accessible, and you can drive Formula One. Yes, you can. You can drive Can Am, and you can drive one thousand horsepower things. Now the thing is, with you have with, enough bucks. with historics, uh, cost effectiveness, eh? <laughs> depends who you ask. Oh <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of money to do it properly. Innovation. But, I mean, not, not so much, but you know, for the time, well, I mean, for the I, time, I think you'd be, I think you'd be surprised as well, because there's a lot of things that are a problem with the cars now that wasn't a problem when they were new. So things like um, having obviously worked in this industry for a while, um, a lot of the sort of the the really old cars when they were new, even when they were racing, like things like the C-Type Jag that we had. Has no seat belts, has no roll cage. <laughs> so very safe. Um, no, absolutely not. But then things like even even up to the D type didn't really have belts um, and no roll hoop. But now, if you wanted to take a, an E type Jag racing, for example, which is the same kind of era, let's say it's kind of how it works with their <laughs> naming, um, it has to have a roll cage for FIA races. Um, I think basically all historic racing now it has to have a five-point harness at least, hmm. as well as a, a full roll cage, and a built-in fire extinguisher. And obviously the cars weren't built with this, no. so you have to sort of, to a certain extent, modify the cars to to make that work. So there is that level of innovation going on as well behind the scenes to make the cars somewhat up safe, to, up to regulation, and yeah, not going to kill the driver as soon as it starts raining. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which it often which does is, in this country. Well, yeah, which yeah, most of the time it is raining. <laughs> so it's always um, raining somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, then, and obviously the cars are they're so loud and they're they're not necessarily always that quick, but they look spectacular. Well, the old Formula Twos and Formula Threes you see around Goodwood, for example, at the Revival, those things are brilliant. They're very they're, they're, they're very fast. Yeah, but they're, they're also very very similarly paced. They're also very spectacular to drive and also watch yeah because they 
are sliding about. There's no downforce or anything. The tyres don't give you a, a massive amount of grip. So a lot of the steering is done with the throttle, and sort of especially at places like Goodwood, because Goodwood is very very fast hmm. as a circuit as well. Um, so yeah, it is just that's that's just what happens. You've got to steer it with the gas kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, you do get that sort of elbows out sliding through the corners mentality with historic racing that you don't necessarily get with um, sort of uh, definitely not with single seaters now um, beyond kind of Formula V yeah um, but uh, yeah they're very very cool definitely Most historic racing is very cool and definitely worth going to watch as a fan as well actually to be fair going back to the BTCC thing I mean there's with that with the Tocker package you also do get quite a lot more fans come to see the races as opposed to uh as opposed to say the 72s club where it was fairly barren so that, yes, that yeah so, I that, agree with that. so if you were a team a, a small team looking to try and get sponsorship and sell the uh the package of sponsorship to your potential investor you know i yeah, think that, on that open package is definitely going to help yeah because you say look because it's going to be seen by x thousand number of people rather than yeah x five people well it's on it's televised as well. Yeah, on ITV4. Which helps. Yeah, so on ITV4, the whole weekend, is all the support races, or most of the support races anyway, yeah. are are also on, on the TV on a rotationary basis, I think. So some some meetings they'll show the minis, other they'll show the Ginettas, um, but they're always on a couple of meetings a year. Well, the very worst, they show the highlights. The live. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um... And that's that's a really good way as a driver, of of sort of getting spotted and finding uh, sponsorship, and and it makes it a lot easier if you if you can say to someone a potential sponsor, for example, ah oh, well if you tune into ITV4 at twenty past one this afternoon, you can watch me, yeah, you can watch me race and see how I get on, exactly. um, definitely, and they don't, yeah, and I think that that helps. It helps get some interest as well. It was like we said, if you're a small team looking to branch out, you can sort of you can build a fan base, um, possibly entice drivers in, with the fact it's televised and all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, there's definitely there's, I think the token package is a very good way of going racing. Um, yeah, on not a massive budget, it's quite expensive at the top end. But... I mean, compared to a 750 Motor Club, basically everything's expensive, but. Yeah, but I mean, this, let's just get this straight. 750 Motor Club, um, and most sort of general sort of club level motorsport in the UK, because 750 is not the only one, but it's probably one of the bigger yeah. clubs. Um, is is generally speaking as cheap as it's going to get? Yeah. In terms of your racing in cars. For those who um, who don't know, you can buy a sort of Formula One thousand for about fifteen grand or so, or maybe a Formula V for about ten ish yeah um yeah 10 roughly and then you're sort of uh if you're doing it as a, as a as a small group by yourselves you might not have have it have personnel costs so much but you will definitely have parts and uh and entry fees and licenses and safety equipment and that sort of thing tires maybe fuel uh general yeah. ge- general um uh general race costs running costs yeah. yeah just general running costs isn't it like you would if you were running a road car you're going to have to pay for your brakes and your tyres and stuff. It's just, you if you're racing the car, it's going to happen more often. Yeah, and if, um, and if you're crashing it, even more often. 
Well, yes. <laughs> um, but again, that's kind of the, the, the difference, isn't it? With um, that, that we see with club level racing, if they don't necessarily push quite as hard because if they break it, it is a lot of money. Yeah, relatively speaking, yeah. Um, out of their out of their race budget. I mean, I think when we were at Donington, I heard on, on the commentary that there was one driver who hadn't been to any of the races in the last six months because he had one major shunt and then had to spend the money fixing the car hmm. and they couldn't afford to go racing. Um, which uh, is a shame, obviously. But, but that's but, the risk. Don't, don't crash the car. Well, yeah, this is it. <laughs> um, you've got to, you've got to drive to your to your means sort yeah. of thing, and if you overdrive the car. Or and you bin it, then you you'll only do it once. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, when you... you you come back to the pit lane, you've got a fifteen grand bill. <laughs> you're gonna go blimey, yeah, I'm not gonna do that again. No, and, and then uh, yeah. So there we go. That's uh, I, I don't know what else. If we're doing talk about, just have a mention for two wheeled sport because you don't watch motorbikes that much. But oh, no, I don't. But if it was a two wheeled thing, and you're more into bikes than you are to cars. Well, if you're more into bikes, then go to F1000 again because they use bike engines. But anyway, if yeah. you're into the two-wheeled side of it, um, again, bikes are a bit more uh, a bit more limited in terms of their scope. However, if you're a fan, MotoGP and World Superbikes basically have you covered for the, the world-level uh, tier stuff. Uh, and I don't know if there is much club level stuff for bikes, but uh... there, there is a bit. Yeah, one of, well, a friend of mine right, or did race. Uh, she doesn't anymore, but she did race in the the No Limits Championship, which is um, if it, essentially like super sports racing. Hmm. So it's like one thousand cc's and six hundreds. I think she used a six hundred um, Yamaha R six or whatever it is. Correct. Um, That'd be the right one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's what she raced, and that again, it goes all. It's basically, I think, it's essentially run by MSV. Okay. Um, and it goes to all of those circuits, kind of thing, around throughout the season. Um, no limits also run track days, so you get some testing, kind of thing with that as well. Um, the bikes are race bikes, but they are modified from road bikes sort of thing they aren't bespoke racing machines yeah they are super stocks yeah exactly. yeah i think that is probably the best way to d define what they run is the super stocks. So i will there's a few little <clears throat> modifications you can do but it is um primarily a stock bike i will s <clears throat> i will say if you're italian then definitely go and watch the italian super bikes because they're really good yeah but so any of our listeners in italy <laughs> go and watch them because michele Pera yeah. races it and he's really good so there you go. There we go. Uh, what else can we talk about? Best racing series. In innovation. Okay, yeah, because we're, we're stuck on innovation. Yeah. Because it, it depends. If you're a fan who gets excited out of that tiny little error tweaks and um, stuff that I used to get excited for, but I don't anymore, you can't look much beyond F1. No, I would agree with that. It's kind of to a certain extent certainly in single seaters should we say that 100% with single seaters yeah f1 is clearly the most innovative just because everything else now is a stock series pretty much yeah um in fact yeah actually thinking about it everything is apart from formula 1 
Um, there's a, there's a, they're either one make or one engine, aren't they? Hmm. Well, both. Well, both, yeah. Completely stop. Like, F2, F3 is, IndyCar is. Uh, IndyCar's um, got two engines, come on. Alright, fine, but <laughs> stock chassis yeah. and one for a single engine formula, just with different manufacturers for those engines. Yeah. Um, obviously, Formula E doesn't count. Kind of its own thing, anyway. Not really that. Ah, oh, we forgot about TCR. Oh yeah, yeah. From a driving point of view, definitely. As well as from a fan point, I've not been to see TCR UK to be fair. Yeah. But I but from a driving point of view, if you buy a TCR car and you you're re- very quick, you can race anywhere. You can race literally anywhere in the world. Well, so long as it's the right series, you can't really go to the Formula One thousands in a TCR car, unless you're a safety, well, no, unless you're yeah. a safety car. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, but even then, I mean, to be fair. Like even just in Europe, you could do British TCR, mm-hmm. uh, German TCR, Italian. Does Italian have TCR? I don't know. They probably have a European one at some point. There's definitely a European Championship as well, um, and then obviously there's World if you're very good. Yep, and also backed by, um, well, no, quote unquote, you're not backed by the manufacturer, but you are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Clearly they are, but uh, if you're high end, I yeah. <laughs> or Lincoln. But code. I mean, um, it's just yeah. There's a lot of different options if you have a TCR car. I mean, we. Um, I mean, I don't think you did it. Did you? I wasn't we there, the, but I know the story. The brick car. That um, when we were at uni, we helped out Tour de Force um, with um, running a car in the brick car 24 hours at Silverstone, and that was a very early. I think it may have technically been a say at Lyle Cup car. Yeah, Al would definitely correct you if that's yeah, hundred percent. But I, it was essentially what became TCR. Yeah, I think it's the car um, that Al chose for his car of the decade. I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did because it um, did become TCR. Yeah, and that was obviously the endurance spec one. Yeah. So it had a bigger fuel tank basically, and that was the only real difference. To be honest, there's a few minor modifications elsewhere to make things like changing brakes easier. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, it was a TCR spec car. Yeah. Um, and that that was very very quick. We we were leading that race at one point outright. Really? Against GT3 cars and stuff like that. I mean, admittedly, the rain helped, but <laughs> um, but even then, like we were out on the the dry tire. I thought I can't remember if it was a cut slick or a slick, but we were on our like our dry weather tire. It started absolutely hammering down with rain. We had our quick driver in, and about two laps later, we were leading the race outright. And there was much celebration. Much, much celebration. And then about three hours later, the car crashed and we were out <laughs> the race. And, but, there, and there was less celebration. Um, there was a lot less celebration then, yes. But um, for that moment, yeah, it was wicked. We were leading the race and everything. Um, I mean, that reminds me of like the old days, like when you used to have the GT1 championship. Um, for example, you'd have these random uh, like GT2s or privateers come up and be leading the race out of nowhere when it when it you know rains a lot. Yeah, when the strategy for the G- for the top class goes out the window. Yeah, um, which you don't really see these days in the uh, the more uh, professional uh, motorsport that we have compared to twenty years ago. 
Yeah. Um, or, you know, my upcoming article about the, the uh, Porsche RS Spider. But uh, mm. anyway, um, but the uh, it's definitely the case that T- TCR and I suppose if you have a TCR as a platform, that's, this is why the TCR is so popular and why it's taken over the world. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's because it's uh, you have different options of cars, even though they have a lot of shared parts, I imagine. Um, they they do have the ability to race almost anywhere because and they're, and they're cost effective relatively speaking yeah and they're fast and they you know they're they are pretty I mean, I've, seen, I've but, seen people using tcr cars in things like hill climb really as well yeah what, because they they make a lot of downforce don't they for what they are they've got a lot of downforce you can put a shorter ratio gearbox in it because it's still a sequential or a paddle shift box most of the time um so you just change your gear ratios and away you go, hill climbing. I can imagine you could probably retrofit one into a rally car if you wanted to. Tarmac rally, you definitely could. Maybe probably not with gravel. I think it'd probably be too low and too intricate. Yeah, but you know, get car, get but... some big suspension on it. Well, yeah, I big, suppose. big springs turn it into a bit of a bouncy castle. Actually, on that note, thinking of that of multi-discipline, multi-class racing, if you're thinking of going racing, hill climbing. You can't... Well, hill climb is good, yes, but also buy a Clio Cup car. Oh yeah, because you can obviously you can do the Clio Cup, you can do endurance racing in your Cup car, you can put taller suspension on it and do Super sixteen hundreds or whatever it ends up being now. In rallying, you can do rally cross in it in that spec as well. It's not a lot of money. I mean, they're about fifty grand. I think a brand, or maybe a bit more for a brand new Clio Cup car. But again, this is motorsport terms. That's not a lot of money. No, it's it's really not. Uh, and and I think with with Clio Cup as well, because it's not a mega powerful rear wheel drive monster, it's quite accessible <laughs> as well. I, I imagine you could turn it into one if you wanted to. Oh yeah, yeah, almost certainly, yeah. <laughs> but. But as it's in its standard form kind of thing, it's quite accessible. Yeah. I feel like I could get in a Clio Cup car, and I probably wouldn't be anywhere near pace, but I wouldn't die. Uh, I'd hope not. Plus, you uh, know, <laughs> plus, plus uh, you know, very good insurance on, on a Clio. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, five years warranty. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, actually, that that just when you when you said about changing a TCR into rally spec, yeah, that that sprung to mind because that's how they've been selling the new Clio Cup car is that you can change the suspension and go rallying on it as well. Well, there you go. And you can do all of these different things with it. So actually, that's probably a good shout. So there you go. That's what was, what was the guy who asked the question's name again? George. George. There you go, George. That's uh that's our full analysis in depth um, for all search situations. If you happen to be, if you happen to be really poor, you can go to the Seven Fifty Motor Club. If you're, uh, you turn into a multi-billionaire, you can go classic racing, uh, or you can maybe make it to F two like um, Ragunathan did last year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so there you go. You've now got the full spectrum of what you can expect from different series, and I hope that answers your question. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, yeah. Let's let, let um, everyone else listening do let us know in the comments more questions that sort of that sort of thing because uh, yeah, it's actually been quite good fun. Yeah, because we've sort of done it on the fly and sort of come up with different ideas as as we go along. Because uh, yeah, so if you have anything that you want us to discuss on a podcast, let us know. Yeah, and we we might even do more research next time. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> we, but um, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's going to do it for Sandgrip Race Engineering today. Um, yeah, that was actually quite fun. 
So there you are, everyone. Buy TCRs, buy Renault Clio Cups, and buy 750 Formulas. Yes. So they F1000s. are. F1000s. Yeah, everyone buy an F1000 and then just go racing in it. Yes. God, imagine an endurance event in an F1000. Oh, man. That'd be amazing. Anyway, be really cool. that's going to do it for us at the Sam Green Race Engineering. Uh, I've been Sean Smith. He's been Sam Green. Uh, follow, follow us on uh, social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, please. And uh, <laughs> yeah, until then, we'll see you next time. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>